1: It's another Sunday edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert and Julian McKenzie hanging out during the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. And I don't think it's what we expected. I mean, I think we kind of thought Colorado might be in control at this point. I don't think either of us thought that the New York Rangers would have a two, nothing series lead, but I think what might disappoint us the most is that this Western conference final, which was supposed to like inspire the casuals and be this big moment for TNT, although they are trying to take advantage of it. We can maybe get to that a little bit later, uh, is that it's not much of a series. It feels like after the Colorado avalanche went up three, nothing winning at Rogers place in game three, that this thing is a wrap already. Uh, Do you subscribe to that notion, Julian? Is there any hope for the Edmonton Oilers? Is there any hope for this even going beyond four games after what Colorado did to Edmonton and what they've done to Edmonton so far in this series?
0: I feel like the best this could go is a gentleman's sweep. And yeah, it's very disappointing because this was supposed to be McDavid versus uh, McKinnon. And these two giant superpowers colliding and speed and offense and, and just dynamic play. And not that we haven't seen some of those, it's just that Colorado's done most of it and they've capitalized on their chances and they've won the games they've won. It's just, and just game three itself. Like, I, I kept, I feel for Edmonton because the way they started that game, you thought, okay, they should be able to put up a barrage of goals and really get it in. They had an opportunity to take advantage of Pavel Francouz and Ned, who, look, he's not a scrub but he's not Darcy Kemper. He's not their starter. There was a golden opportunity for the Edmonton Oilers to stake their claim that they have a chance to win this series. They needed to win game three. And then seconds after the McDavid goal, and I know we'll get into the, the hit on, on Asim Kadri, but the Evander Kane hit, I, I definitely think it, it, it took some win out of their sails. And even yeah. after that, they were, they were still able to, they got themselves down to one, but they were able to get that goal from Ryan McLeod. They had a chance. And then the power play, and then the, the the JT confer goal at the end, like there were so many opportunities for the Edmonton Oilers to make this a series. We should be having a conversation about how, even if the Edmonton Oilers are down to one, there are so many keys out there for them to make it a series, but looking at what game four could possibly be where the Oilers could very well not have a Vander Kane. I'm, I know Leon Dreisaitl has not been healthy all this postseason. I still, there's still like a little thought in the back of my head wondering, okay, is he healthy enough to play game four? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have a lot of questions about the Edmonton Oilers. Mike Smith, again, just, just I mean, fine. There was some, the, the, the deflected shot off Darnell Nurse into him. Maybe you don't throw that up on Mike Smith. But I also think Mike Smith didn't have the greatest game in, in, in game three. Yeah. So the questions are back on him, too. I have a lot of questions about the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know if they're going to be able to win in game four. Maybe they they play their, their best complete effort. Maybe Connor McDavid has that game where he wills the team and puts it on his back. But I don't see them winning more than that. Even with the Avalanche are not going to have Dawson Cotter for the rest of this series. This Avalanche team has shown that in spite of their starting goalie, you know, going through a nagging eye injury throughout the playoffs. What are their better mobile defensemen out for the playoffs with a sternum injury? And now they're in a position where their hottest player out for the rest of this series, possibly beyond. They are still one game away from the Stanley cup final because of the talent they still have at forward and at defense and the depth they have throughout. This is just a testament to how good this Colorado avalanche team is It's just that we kind of wanted to, I think we all kind of, you're right. We did expect the avalanche would kind of win this series or at least take control of it. We just didn't expect it to happen this soon. And if there's no way they're going to collapse on themselves and lose four straight. Right? No, no, there's no
1: way. I mean, the, the conditions have been there for Edmonton to be in this series, to make it a series, to maybe have control of the series, as you mentioned with Kemper going out and, them being out with Sam without Sam Gerrard, even in Game Three, the conditions were right there for them with that with uh, Connor McDavid scoring that early goal and even killing off that five minute major. Yes. But it just seems like no no advantage handed them handed to them could even up the playing field here. Like I mean, Colorado is just so far and away the superior team uh in pretty much every aspect of this. I mean, you mentioned Ryan McLeod scoring that goal. I think it's an important benchmark because it was so shocking it was like how did that even happen there were, the colorado avalanche were so in control of that game and it just came out of nowhere and it wasn't a good goal Pavel francos obviously yeah. should have had it never should have happened it, it was literally dropped from the sky but that's the point it just doesn't seem like the colorado avalanche are giving edmonton anything edmonton can't establish its game The stars look just jointed. They probably shouldn't have been split. Maybe that's a conversation we can have, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think there's any alignment that the Oilers could throw at the Avalanche that could even up this series. And it's crazy because now they're going to be without Nazem Kadri. And I still have all the confidence in the world that it's not going to affect them. Like losing Sam Girard is a big thing, but guess what? You have Bowen Byron stepping up. Losing Darcy Kemper, big thing. Pavel François has played well. Colorado's played really well around him as well. And then when Kadri goes out, guess who it is? It's that next guy, that next man up. It's that third line center, JT Confer, who scores that big goal and will have to be big for the remainder of this series and beyond. But it's just really, I think, uh, a situation where one team is outclassing the other. They are just deeper. They are more well-rounded. They are not defined by two superstars. And with Leon Dreisaitl clearly laboring a little bit, Darnell Nurse clearly laboring, Mike Smith battling and even playing well for Mike Smith. But the problem is that he's not Andre Vasilevsky. So his best, there's still going to be hijinks. There's still going to be like mistakes made. There's cracks in the foundation, certainly with Mike Smith. And he made some brilliant saves, but he also gave up goals that were just ridiculous and should never happen. I mean, you mentioned you're giving him a little credit on the Darnell Nurse deflection. Why is he jumping at a puck? Just hold your crease. And when JT he probably JT... should have held
0: down the post too. exactly actually. just
1: just make yourself big. He is he is he is incapable of making himself big. He gave the biggest five hole imaginable to JT Comfer on that chance. He's a guy who's trying to make the save like he's out there playing road hockey. Very reactionary when the best goalies, the Shesterkins, the Vasilevskis, they just play their position. They hold their position. They make themselves big. That is not within Mike Smith's capabilities. He is playing well for Mike Smith. But it's not enough because the Colorado Avalanche are out here getting 40 shots and protecting their goaltender. I think the shots in games two and three with Fransos in net are 83 to 53 for Colorado. I mean, they are just one of those teams that is figuring out how to be dominant in the postseason. They protect their goaltenders. They play very well defensively, five behind the puck, and scoring when they have their opportunities presented to them. They've really taken a step forward in terms of maturation. They are becoming Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was this crazy talented team that outscored everyone that didn't work. Then they started playing differently in the postseason. Colorado, crazy talented, didn't work in the postseason. Now they're playing differently. Nathan McKinnon said it, said it best. We want it to be gross out there. All the aesthetics are gone from this series. What we thought we, we knew about this series in game one gone. It is gross. It's not eye pleasing, but it's the Colorado avalanche asserting themselves and dominating the Edmonton Oilers.
0: Yeah, just whatever it takes to get the job done for the Colorado Avalanche at this point because they are way too close to the opportunity to make the Stanley Cup to kind of just wheel and deal and fool around at this point. You know what? I can get behind that, even if it comes at the expense of our hopes and dreams of this being an enthralling and entertaining series. I'm okay with that if it means we can still get greatness in the Stanley Cup final. A bit of a shame, though, just because just with the way Edmonton was looking in game three, just with the way that started, that 38 seconds, literally Connor McDavid hopping off the ice, hopping onto the ice, his first touches the goal. Like, man, if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan today, I feel sick. That should have been a moment that propelled that franchise to one of the better games in this postseason. That five-minute kill, that was their best kill of the postseason. So many opportunities. I know we rehashed that point already, but that feels like the end, essentially like the, mm-hmm. you just game four or game five, if it ends up being a gentleman's sweep is just going to feel like a formality for the Edmonton Oilers. And it's still kind of funny considering how this year has gone for them that, you know, we've, we've mentioned it for about a month now, you know, this is a team that we, 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 we pegged as a, a team that might have needed more help at the deadline. They might've needed more goaltending help. Uh, we we made all, we, Dave Tippett gets moved out. Is Jay Woodcroft the answer? There were so many things about the Zemminton Oilers team that we thought, you know what, with the way that they're built, they're not going to go as far as maybe some people would like. And they still surpassed expectations. For them to get to this point is still a success. So it's still a lot farther than I think a lot of people would have given them credit for. It's just that in a series against the, arguably the league's best team, it, it, they it, it's hard to say they haven't shown up. It's just they've just run into a wall against a superior team. I still think of like shifts where you're seeing Connor McDavid try to run up the ice and kill like, McCarr is shutting him mm-hmm. down. The Avs are just a perfect team. It's funny because at the beginning of the series, people were wondering, hey, no, the Oilers could be a tougher matchup uh, for the Avalanche to handle. The Avs completely subverted those expectations, and they have been the tougher team. They're the ones getting more... Rush chances and negating the Oilers' zone, like they are the ones who have stepped up here. And if, if if you're an Oilers fan today, you can't help but just feel, well, pain essentially, because you've done every, you figured the team has done everything they could, and they just can't against this Avalanche team. Game three was was pretty much quintessential of that metaphor. You do everything you can to make everything right, and still your opponent just feels inevitable. Like I felt that way when like watching like Tampa Bay go through some of their runs last year and this year. You know, just as the other team is doing everything they can to get to that point where they need to win a game, Tampa's just good enough to get that killer instinct in. That was very—you're right—that was very Tampa-esque from Colorado in Game Three.
1: Yeah, they figured it out. I think uh, pretty clearly Um, to be able to change your game to win in multiple ways. We've talked about that a lot as being a key in the postseason. You can't be one note. You can't have only one way because when that when the opposition keys into that. Uh, you don't have an answer. And Colorado being able to win tight games against St. Louis, win firefights versus Edmonton, change the way like the series looks on a dime by just keying into uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, Uh, This is a team that can win in multiple ways. It looks like it's finally ready to get over the hump. And for that reason, they're outclassing Edmonton. But that I don't think that means that this is like uh, a disaster for the oilers i mean i think they've exceeded everyone's expectations making it to the western conference final of course there were people getting jokes off last night on twitter leaf fans coming out of the woodwork uh fans from other markets especially across canada coming out of the market Leaf fans slamming,
0: wait 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 wait, wait, wait. The oilers.
1: i mean the elite fans can't say anything let's let's be honest but they are whoa, 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 getting whoa, whoa. The, jokes the chest are coming on we're here? getting puffed out again uh last night uh i don't know if you saw any of that but it's ridiculous because this team has taken a step forward and a lot of teams 28 others uh failed to do that this year. Um but still they have work to do and there's reason to question Mike Smith because he's and Ken Holland because Mike Smith's clearly not good enough and Cody is having some issues and mm-hmm. Duncan Keith doesn't look like he should be earning what he's earning and this team looks like it has serious holes and it's pretty obvious that Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl were just overcoming those warts through the first two rounds of the playoffs but they can still build on this there's some there's there are some uh meaningful steps that have been take uh taken some groundwork laid I think Jay Woodcroft is a good coach although I do question his motivation for splitting up dry and McDavid as I mentioned but I think there's things to build on here and I just hope that around the league the reputation in Edmonton improves that players will want to go and play with McDavid because look how close he is to being this giant in the playoffs and carrying a team all the way to the Stanley cup final and perhaps winning it. I hope the optics around this team improve because it was a nightmare in previous seasons. It was a nightmare during this season, but they're figuring things out a little bit and it's going to be hard to get talent there because of their proximity in the, in the, you know, North American map. Um, and because they don't have that much room under the salary cap, it looks like they're going to sign Evander Kane, and we'll see what happens there. But I hope that some players, like you know the Corey Perrys and the Belmars and the Spezza's, people that want to win, I hope that the Oilers are one of the teams that is circled, that has a possibility to win, because I think that's the step that they've made this season. That's the progress that they've made this season, is that they're not a complete nightmare, and that McDavid and Seidel can be Hercules come playoff time when they're right Uh, it's just not good enough this year
0: the one thing I wonder though for the Oilers you know good on them that they were able to get to the third round and you're right they they advanced a lot farther than 28 other teams but once the offseason starts there are so many other opportunities for other teams to get better could the Flames if they find a way to keep Kachuk and Goudreau together I mean that's a very big if but that's still a very good team that if they find a way to game plan a little better next time around, if they play the Oilers in the series, they could win that Vegas series. Vegas is coming so back. Vegas has to come back. There's no, I'd, I'd be stunned if they missed the playoffs two years in a row with the talent that they have. If everyone is at full strength, there's a lot of good teams in that Western Conference. And it is not a guarantee, unfortunately, for the Oilers that they'll be able to go back to the Western Conference finals, even oh. with the two best players in the National Hockey League. So, they, I mean we've built up how important these last few months have been in terms of getting deals done for Ken Holland. And he've managed to find a way to get by with just Mike Smith being his goalie and Evander Kane as their, as his, basically his major signing. And of course, Jay Woodcroft being uh, named interim, but this off season is going to be paramount. And I know it's a little early. I get it. You know, the, the Oilers still have to play out the rest of this series and maybe they play out a miracle scenario and they win the next four, but we both, deem it very unlikely mm-hmm. uh yeah, that i think actually personally there's like a small child version of you that is like holding out hope for that for for that comeback win. but uh we don't have to I would love we don't to have to it, rehash 2006
1: just, justin Guthrie. it doesn't seem likely i mean uh, it i feel like oilers fans and and i've as you mentioned i've lost it i think they got to be resigned to the fact that they're not that they're not good enough even with nurse and dry side will hurt like it's just not there for them this year, but you mentioned teams getting better or teams getting worse. The Colorado's not going to be the same team next year. They're going to lose guys, and then Nathan McKinnon needs to get paid the next year. They're so still going to be good, Nikushkin, though. They're going to be good, but if you lose Nakushkin and Kadri, you're not going to be as good. So maybe the Oilers are on the come up here, and there's still opportunity, but it means making the right moves. And Ken Holland got, I think, to your lucky point. with what happened this year because guys have outperformed what the reasonable expectations are, but they still need work. It's it's really obvious that the Oilers are not a finished product.
0: And and to your point, like if Nachuskin and Kadri leave Colorado and they end up getting big money elsewhere, very likely for those two players in particular – not only is Ken Holland going to have to try to find a way to get some of the Ben malls or the Spetsa types or the Corey Perry types to try to join his organization. He's going to have to find a way to keep them from joining Colorado because Colorado is likely yeah. going to have to tap into those players That's to fill up point. those roles. And yeah. I don't know about you, if I'm a player of that ilk and I'm getting an offer from either Joe Sackick to play in Colorado or Ken Holland to play in Edmonton, even if Connor McDavid is there, Colorado being much closer to the goal, very likely will have come up a Stanley cup final appearance or a Stanley cup final period. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm taking the, I'm taking the mile high city.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when tasked to choose between those, it's pretty obvious Josh Manson, like kind of illustrated that for us saying that, yeah, I'm just going to Colorado. So figure out a way. And that of course benefited Colorado. But I guess my point is I'm just hoping that the optics are better and that it's Mm -hmm. not seen as this trash fire wasting away, the greatest player on the planet's career because I don't think that it is that anymore. And I think, um, I think there's an opportunity there. I think Zach Hyman's one of the people who saw that, although that was probably the most money being thrown at him. Um, But I feel like Edmonton, maybe not a wasteland anymore, hopefully even despite how they've shown uh, in these playoffs. Uh, But you're right. You know what? Valerie Nikushkin would be a perfect winger for Connor McDavid, by the way. If uh,
0: that's not a bad idea,
1: if uh, Ken Holland wants to go that route, although he's going to have plenty of options and uh, maybe he doesn't see Edmonton the same way I'm trying to spin Edmonton as a place <laughs> that you might want to go in
0: order to try and win. That's that you, you wouldn't. I don't know. I've never been to Edmonton. So I have like, if you I haven't been of, since I was three. So. Oh, really? Like three. I didn't realize, I, thought I didn't realize it was that. Young. Yeah, we moved uh,
1: very early, but I still. Cling to those Edmonton ties, or I did at least.
0: Uh, <sighs> learning so away. much about the Cuthbert lore, I feel like every week we do this podcast, the layer gets peeled back. And my sister was born in your hometown. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Ah, look at that! Just look at that. Just look at there you because, go. Because, you because wanted to know man, more. There you go. Because your old man worked in Montreal
1: for a bit too. Yeah, worked in Edmonton, Montreal before uh, before coming back to uh, the GTA. Anyway, enough about my family history. Uh, We should touch quickly on Evander Kane and that hit on Kadri. Another reason why it's probably over in four is that the already depleted Oilers are probably going to be without Evander Kane. Uh, He was given a five-minute major for the hit from behind on Kadri, which could play into the decision-making, but he will have a hearing for it. or I believe it's over the phone, which means it doesn't have to be suspended, but when you get that news, it's likely that Kane will miss at least one game, so his season and his career in Edmonton might be over, although uh, most people expect that he will re-up with the Oilers. Um, I agree. It was a bad hit. It injured a star player. Uh, he probably should sit down for at least one game, maybe two. Uh, and I hope that Kadri can get back into the series. Uh, kind of a strange circumstance around like the reporting with uh, Friedman coming on saying it's it doesn't look good and Dreger sort of echoing that as well. Uh, it probably means he's got something structurally wrong and hopefully they can, you know, mend that uh, so that he can play in the Stanley Cup final if they do in fact get there. But we will not see Nazem Kadri for a bit because he got injured, not suspended.
0: Yeah, just the way that hit looked, I mean, that's like a prototypical hit you do not want in the National Hockey League anymore. A hit from behind, right on the numbers, player going headfirst into the boards. I mean, you could even add the injury stuff on top of that, too. But even then, like that is not a hit you want in 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 the NHL, whether it's in the Stanley Cup playoffs, whether it's in a regular season game. That is just too easy for the referees to spot. And the fact that it got a five minute major, i was like, OK, well, this has to lead to a hearing. Uh, I unfortunately do not have the wheel of discipline that I pulled out for a, a previous episode of the Yahoo Sports Hockey podcast. But if I were to wager a guess, one or two games is what Evander Kane will probably get. The NHL, I think, will find a way to ensure that Evander Kane does not play a game for the rest of this conference final. It probably is the right move to do. It's a bad hit. It's not something that should be done. It's definitely suspendable, in my opinion. And it's just a really dumb play. It's one thing to just do it in the middle of a game it's one thing to do it near the end of a game when you're frustrated the edmonton oilers literally got a goal in 38 seconds in the momentum is all on their side and then you do that like Mm -hmm. that i think that killed momentum and yes Mm -hmm. they were able to get uh, a a really good penalty kill in they were able to you know kill off five minutes and ward off the Colorado avalanche, but eventually it wasn't for long, you know, big Val was able to do his thing The Juice can get those two goals for them. But I, I feel with the way that went down, this might've been, this might've been a completely different game. If Evander Kane does not pull off that hit on Nazem Kadri. I, I, I think if, if the, if the pace of the game, as it was going, was able to continue going and Evander doesn't make that hit, I think it's a very different story, but of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I, 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 I'm on the side that says that that hit damaged a lot of what Edmonton was trying to push towards in that opening few minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't blame anyone but Evander Kane for that hit, but I do wonder about the tactics for Woodcroft. I'm not sure why he felt the need to put Kane and Cassian on the top line with McDavid it was almost like he was asking those two to be overly physical. And I I just don't think that's going to help you in any degree other than maybe getting the the crowd into it. And of course it went the opposite way with the crowd being silent for five minutes. I guess they did cheer uh, at the end of that five minute penalty, but it just didn't make any sense to me to move away from McDavid and Dreisaitl, especially when Dreisaitl's still clearly on the limp. And Cassian and Kane, they can give you that hard forecheck. They can punish people. Uh, but uh, Cassian punished, uh, or sorry, Kane punished the Oilers uh, with that decision. And uh, it, it certainly backfired after that great start. Uh, maybe that was the time to go back to McDavid and Dreisaitl to try and get uh, that momentum to uh, to to help you uh, and to help that line uh, extend the lead and to really take control of that game. Instead, it kind of went the opposite way. Um, I do worry a little bit about the avalanche in the next series. It's sort mm. of hard to compare. Now, hockey math doesn't work. Like you can't say, Oh, the, the lightning, the, you know, the lightning beat this team. And, and for that reason, that team's better than that team. Like it just doesn't work that way. Their matchups are matchups. Uh, I don't know how Colorado is going to match up perfectly against either team um the rangers have really piqued my interest here lately and we'll get to that series in a second but when you lose a, a really important player in Sam Gerard and a really important player in Nazim Kadri and you don't know about Darcy Kemper anymore sometime or eventually that sort of stuff uh catches up to you and they've done such an amazing job of filling in all the gaps and they are deep and they are very uniform in the way that which they play the game which helps um but, I worry, if you lose Kadri, do you lose that secondary scoring that you might need against either Tampa or the Rangers? but uh, we shall see because nothing so far has been an issue for the avalanche.
0: It's just I, I, here's the thing. Like I would feel a lot more concerned if that team did not have j t. Confer or or archery lekadin or or Darren Helm or or even Andrew Cogliano who has found ways to contribute from as a secondary scorer. Like, I don't like Nassim Kadri is obviously the best of those secondary scorers, but the Avs have shown that they've been able to get other guys to, to contribute. It will also throw in Valerie Najuskin's name again. Uh, I think a lot more will obviously be expected from those players in a Stanley cup final scenario, even just for the rest of this series, but they've shown at different points in the playoffs that they can do it. The one question is if they have to go up against the Rangers squad or a Lightning squad if they're able to exploit that just with how important Nazem Kadri has just been uh, for this postseason, mm-hmm. this is still a shame. I still think we'll, we'll find a way to, to see him at the Stanley cup final, but yeah, definitely done for the rest of the series.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there were some reports that it was hand that might be in a broken hand, broken finger. Sometimes those are things you can get by on.
0: There was like a report uh, that he left like the arena in a cast
1: or something. Yeah. So that would, that would probably suggest that, but again, those things don't heal miraculously but they also can be managed sometimes it's probably good that he takes because i mean this one's in in hand right now this series is in hand and the other one could go very long so give him all the chance in the world to get that as good as possible before maybe reintroducing him into the lineup before he probably uh should um let's go to the lightning and the rangers i'm uh, curious your read on this series because uh I was kind of expecting like everyone else and like the avalanche probably or the lightning probably were rather that they would bounce back. Cause that's what they do. Right. But uh, it felt a little different to me. And it's felt like certainly after the first game that they were the lightning literally. And and I guess, figuratively, maybe not figuratively, but they were literally a forward short with Braden point and they were playing with 11. So in practice, they were a forward short. And it feels like they are a forward short in which in the way that these the series has played out so far they look like they're missing something a centerpiece in their lineup but it hasn't been just that it's been the rangers having the sort of series and game conditions that they need overwhelming the lightning with speed their goaltender's been better than tampa bay's goaltender so far so everything we knew about the lightning has been challenged and more you know most or more specifically or or uh, the most powerful thing there would be the fact that their tried-and-true resolve failed them. They lost two games in a row for the first time, and now they have to go and hold serve twice on home ice to even up the Eastern Conference final. Is this finally the end, Julian? Are are we seeing the Rangers be the first team to solve this puzzle in a long time based on the two games that we saw this week on Broadway?
0: I'm not ready to call it yet. I think the Lightning have done too much and have done more than enough to be given the benefit of the doubt that they could not only win game three but also win game four and bring it back to broadway tied. i mean i i just think with what they've done over the last two years i still think uh while it did take some to take them some time it's taking them some time to get into this series there's still an opportunity for them to do that uh, I think the, the they could still get to a point where I just thought they wouldn't be as tired as they looked, honestly. Like, I really thought them mm-hmm. winning that series over Florida and going into that conference final, that should be an opportunity for them to be rested. But they look more rusty than anything else. And Vasilevsky not being the best goalie again, like, that is very concerning. And for in round one, he wasn't the best goalie, or at least he was not the goalie we expect him to be. In round two, he looked a lot better. But in round three, he just, he does not look as good. It's not as if it's been that close either. Just it has not looked that close. It that I still find it's very surprising with mm-hmm. Andre Vasilevsky in this series. I, I think with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they might still be able to get a win or two at home. And I'm still not gonna, I'm still gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. They could still do it. But I am really impressed with this New York Rangers team. I'm yeah. really impressed with the scoring options they have, the the speed that they have. Igor Shesterkin has played well against Tampa all year and he's continuing to do that in the playoffs this year. Like I'm not ready to call it, but like the Rangers look really, really, really good. And like as much as I really want to call it, I can't do it because Tampa Bay, I mean, what if they come back and they win the next four straight? Like that's also a possibility. It definitely but if this, if this is the end though, this could easily be a very fascinating transition of power because the New York Rangers all of a sudden, not only are they ahead of schedule, they have a very good chance of firmly putting up their hold as the class of the Eastern Conference for the next how many years to come. I mean, think about it, a a good forward core, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure they could always improve if they feel they need to, uh, one of the best defensemen in the league in Adam Fox, a, a franchise goaltender, and of course, is This is a team that has pieces that a cup contending team needs. And I can understand that some teams will be like, oh, well, you don't exactly need every single piece to work. So you could be a Stanley cup final, final team. But if you have forwards and depth up there, if you're solid on defense and you have a franchise player on defense you have a franchise goalie, or you have a very good goalie that should be able to get you through postseason after postseason. The Rangers have that, and then being ahead of schedule—like this—is I, I kind of see this now. If this does not go Tampa's way, this could at least this could be like a changing of hands sort of deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the Rangers are going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. They could still be the class, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be first place every year, but we could go to a situation where the Lightning could be kind of descending and then the Rangers could be continuing their ascent and just staying there for the next few years. This could be it.
1: Yeah, this could be a transfer of power. I think you're right. Um, and it's because the Rangers do have the framework to be that team, that next Lightning team with the goaltender, with the dominant defensive players, with a couple young stars and a couple dynamic forwards i mean they really do have pieces of that recipe right um yeah and it's it it looks like the younger version of the lightning in some ways in that they are i mean they look faster they look more purposeful they look like they're not missing pieces like the lightning seem to be at this moment in time they look like they have that capability and, you know, regimes of the past and present deserve credit here. I mean, what, what were the jokes before the season that Tom Wilson broke the New York Rangers? Well, guess what? That's that is not the case. Uh, mm-hmm. What they did in the offseason was a little questionable, trading away Pavel Buchnevich and bringing in players like Sammy Blay and Ryan Reeves. And you're like, what are they thinking? But really. This has all come together pretty well, and it came together, or at least the, the start was there from Jeff Gorton going out and getting Panarin and Fox and Truba and having Shestjerkin in the system I already, I believe. But they had that nucleus that was sort of being built. Of course, they get really lucky with the kid line, drafting Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco in the top two picks and back-to-back seasons. Um, what's also great is that those guys aren't like commanding dollars necessarily. Of course, they're having a huge impact, but they could be around for a decent price moving forward as they continue to try and prolong a competitive window. But what they did this year, especially at the trade deadline, like you look around the league and like Ben Sherrod and Giroux, two first round picks each and even Colorado spent a lot. And of course they should have a lot of teams spent a lot to try and gear up for this run. New York kind of laid in the weeds and they got Tyler Mott and Andrew Kopp and forgive me. I'm forgetting the last one. Frank Vitrano. Frank Vetrano. That's, and that's the most important one. Florida gave away Frank Vitrano to a contender because they wanted to add what they deemed as a more impactful player. And the New York Rangers went out there. And just got it. Got three players that were going to help their identity and help them be a faster, more physical team that can play very well defensively. And they barely spent anything. I think they do end up giving up a first round pick because caught uh, because they got yes. to, to the third round. Um, but listen, they did tremendous work at the deadline, building on their own identity. And all of the sudden, out of nowhere, they are this really deep and really uh, equipped team. And it kind of happened in the blink of an eye and it kind of happened on the back of James Dolan, who was pushing for change and the change he wanted somehow has worked out exceedingly well. But I, I, I give credit to the general manager, Chris Jury. He did a fantastic job at the deadline. I don't know about the summer work as much, but I can't really quibble with it now. Uh, But also Gerard Gallant, uh, putting this, putting this, uh, this whole thing together It's working out unbelievably well. They have an identity. They play with purpose. And right now, they are overwhelming the Tampa Bay Lightning. And and that could change as the series shifts to Tampa Bay. But in New York, it's going to be a really tough team to beat. And guess what? They just got to win their two home games. And they're going to the Stanley Cup final. They have lapped several teams in the Eastern Conference that thought they were contenders. They have pulled ahead. They've stuck their noses out on teams like the Leafs and the Panthers and the Hurricanes. They're ahead of those teams right now. And they could be, they could very well win the Stanley Cup ahead of schedule here.
0: There are teams like the Sabres and the Red Wings who have been trying to rebuild their teams Mm -hmm. like well before like the letter came out, and they're still in the mud. And the Rangers have found themselves in the position that they're in. This is a very impressive turnaround. On the part of the New York Rangers, even if they have the benefit of location, which makes it—I still I mean—I I don't, don't, you don't have to make it just a thing for opinion for me. I think it's objectively something that free agents consider when they are offered deals on the free agent market. Like, come on, getting to play in a top media market—that's not nothing. But the fact that the Rangers were able to go from 2018 to now in 2022—it's a matter of about four years where they go from a team that's saying, you know what, we're going to go through some pain for the next few years and picking top picks in the NHL entry draft to a point where they're on the verge of the Stanley Cup final. That is impressive for any team. And that might be a model that a lot of teams who are looking to rebuild or retool may very much want to emulate. I know there are people in Montreal who are very into what the Rangers are in right now because Mm -hmm. of one Jeff Gordon.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that should be validating if you're a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, because this guy put together a pretty impressive framework uh, that Chris Chury is building on right now and Gerard Gallant and that whole group there. And again, there was some fortune there. I mean, Montreal just won a a lottery as well. So that's great. Um, But there was fortune there with this kid line coming together. But everything has sort of come together at this perfect moment Uh, with Sabinajad, Kreider, Panarin played very, very well. That depth scoring coming in and those impact players lower in the lineup. Uh, There are not many holes with this Rangers team. Uh, And again, it could change a lot here with Tampa Bay uh, and the series shifting back to uh, the ice of the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, But I don't think the Rangers are a terrible bet right now to win the Stanley Cup because Colorado is feeling more of the attrition of these Stanley Cup playoffs than I think New York is. And uh, Igor Shestirkin is going to be the preferred goaltender in a matchup versus 100%. just about anyone. And that might include Andre Vasilevsky right now.
0: 100%. You took the words right out of my mouth. The Rangers make the Stanley Cup final. It doesn't matter if it's against Colorado. They have the better goaltender. Whether it's Darcy Kemper healthy, whether they have to go to Pavel Frenzos, Igor Shesterkin will be the best goalie in the Stanley Cup final if the Rangers get to that point.
1: Yeah, and uh, again, Colorado's changed the way they've played. They've adapted. They've been able to adapt to different teams that they've played, beating St. Louis and Edmonton in the ways that, in the way they have, uh, at least we think, with Edmonton. Very, very impressive, and I think their speed can match New York's. But again, if it's a tight nip-tuck series, even if it's Kemper, you're looking at Chesterkin as a major, major advantage uh, for New York. But we're not there yet. Tampa's still got a chance. We'll see what happens in game three and that will it's been important for me if Tampa Bay comes back because uh, this confidence challenge is definitely going your way. You're the Igor Shestirkin of this confidence challenge in complete control now in the middle of round three. I'm thinking I'll just pick up six Bobby Margaritas next time I'm at the LCBO because I'm going to have to put them in a package and FedEx them your way. We both took Colorado and Tampa Bay, but I had more confidence in Tampa So if we both lose that series, you're going to gain four points on me. And I think you're up six already. So I cannot catch you, even if I get the Stanley Cup right and you get it wrong. So congratulations in advance. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but it really, it really, really looks like, uh, well, certainly with Colorado in control, I, I can't catch you. Right. But if Tampa does win. And we go opposite on the Stanley Cup final. Maybe I can catch you, but uh, I have a feeling you're going to be drinking some, sipping on some Bobby Margs at some point this summer, courtesy your podcast co
0: host. I'm not happy about the fact that it took me to win a damn bet for me to drink a damn Bobby Marg. And I haven't even won the damn bet yet. I really hope uh, the powers that be can make them available. So I can drink a Bobby Mark. All I want is to support my uh, fellow namesake, you know, (laughs) at least once. I I would love that. But this could be a problem,
1: right? Because I I send you six. You enjoy them because, of course, Bobby Bob McKenzie is going to put out a great product. But then you can't get more of them. So it haunts you because you can't uh, have your preferred summer drink choice. So just going to have
0: to just go to Toronto and just like go to the LCBO and be like, hey please give me more i don't know <laughs> he'll just be like okay go get some and give me your credit card
1: and, we, and we're and we're good sure. uh, you'll figure it out if 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 you like it that much uh, i'm sure you'll find a way to get your hands on some bobby margaritas uh, as we get into summer quickly uh, or soon enough you and i will be uh a little less busy here uh and maybe i hope so up every sunday morning but until then we got to dole out tire pumps. This is where we bestow praise on anything and everything in the hockey world or even adjacent to the hockey world. And we've already touched on mine, but I'm going to give it to Valeri Nikushkin. Uh, I just think this is one of the most underrated players in the league. I think he's brilliant. I think he's going to make a team very, very happy in free agency. I wonder what his intentions will be. Will he go to a team like the, the Edmonton Oilers, which I think would be a perfect <laughs> fit? Or does he end up in like Detroit with Steve Eiserman seeing his value and, and he'll be one of those pieces that they build upon in a very methodical rebuild as opposed to what happened in New York? Hell, maybe he ends up in New York, uh, a team that would surely welcome the speed and two-way approach that he brings. But I, I think he's one of the like breakout stars of these playoffs and, of course, two goals in Game 3, helping the Colorado Avalanche move to the brink. Uh, of making the Stanley Cup final and eliminating
0: the Edmonton Oilers. Your tire pump goes to? Carey Price, uh, this year's winner of the Masterton Trophy. Uh, We all know about uh, his uh, struggles with uh, substance use and uh, him trying to battle back from knee problems. And it's very much not a guarantee that Carey Price returns out all to the Montreal Canadiens this offseason. It is very likely we'll have watched a goaltender play over 700 NHL games, all for the same franchise, one Stanley Cup final run, a, a season where he had another season before the Stanley Cup final run, mind you, where he had the Hart and the Vesna Trophy year, a goaltender who has won gold for Team Canada, one of the best goaltenders we've ever seen. It is entirely possible he could find himself as a result of injuries, Uh, put on LTIR this year. I understand he did have the, or like a PRP injection with the hopes of trying to kind of, you know, fortify his knee, put him in a position where he could do it in lieu of having reconstructive knee surgery, which likely would have taken him out for pretty much the rest of his career. Carey price has a ton of questions that need to be asked about his career, but at least for the Masterton trophy, uh, a, a symbol of perseverance for NHL players, it's at least uh, an honor. It's, a, it's an acknowledgement of what he's been trying to do to get himself back into playing shape and at least get back to something he considers to be part of his identity, which is playing hockey and playing for the Montreal Canadiens. I think he has a great story. Uh, I do not have an option to, to vote on these awards, but if I did, I would have voted for him mm-hmm. uh, to win the Masterton Trophy. So I think that most of the voters who were able to get him to do that, they picked the right person. Uh, not to no disrespect to other candidates like, I don't know, Justin Danforth or the Char char. I don't remember all the other nominees. I know it's one nominee for each team, yeah. but I think my pick would have been Gary price to win the Masterton trophy this year. And I think he was very well deserving. So he gets my tire pump as well.
1: Yeah. You can't go wrong with carry price. That's for sure. Uh, deserving a winner of the award and someone, I think uh, most of the hockey world is cheering for, but if there is something that can disrupt your summer, Julian, it would be big news on Carey Price one way or the other, whether it's uh, good news on the front of continuing his career in Montreal or maybe moving on to another team or into the second phase or the uh, next phase of his life. Uh, Carey Price is one of the big, big, big key storylines this offseason and something that uh, should dominate the discourse in in your market in Montreal. Um, Oh, absolutely.
0: And you talk about disrupting my summer because if Carey Price, depending on what he does, that could lead to a domino effect or maybe just stagnation that a uh, carry price, as far as I'm concerned, whatever's done with his health, that hinges, I think a lot on some of the plans for Kent Hughes mm-hmm. and the Montreal Canadiens this offseason in terms of players, they might want to bring in or even bring back.
1: It's not the only like remnant of the previous era. Cause of course there are players like Brendan Gallagher who, who've been around and are locked up for a while, but he represents, he being Carey Price represents that past era and the inability, I think, to sort of really change over and turn the page as long as Carey Price is there and whatever's happening with Carey Price. Again, you can still build a good team around Carey Price uh, moving forward if he's able to play and if, he's, if he can get back to what Kerry Price does. And even if he doesn't, you can still do a lot of the legwork, um, but it is a huge, huge storyline. Uh, in Montreal and and uh, and a potential building block but also something that can be a hindrance uh, moving forward and that's sort of that the, the problematic dichotomy there uh, with Kerry Price and the Montreal Canadiens um, let's leave it there buddy uh, we've got game three between Tampa and New York and then the Colorado Avalanche can move on to the Stanley Cup final Monday night I won't be on zone time this week uh, oh, you'll have man. Avery Sam and Omar on i don't know if it's monday or tuesday you guys will be filming uh but uh, you guys could be reacting to the end of the oilers and maybe just the beginning of the eastern conference final if tampa bay can get back into it i look forward to hearing your guys insights and i look forward
0: to doing this again with you next weekend on the yahoo sports hockey podcast wait 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 wait, wait. before we close off so if you're not going to be on this week i imagine next week is when you're going to give us your insights on high school musical is that what's going to happen
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, you know, there's been some negotiation behind the scenes. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. I just got to get out in front of it and get it done. Give a little review, uh, make sure that you guys, uh, understand that I did in fact watch it. I I would have to provide some details to make sure that it's it's not a Coles notes thing. Uh, I I want to, I want to hold up my end of the bargain. And I, and I, again, I, I hope I can share a Bobby Margarita with you at some point this summer, because this is one way traffic right now in terms of punishment, it's all on me. I'm the one making mistakes here. uh well you guys are just having a great time so uh i'll i'll yeah. I'll,
0: I'll pull out some some st-bonois or gives for you when you come over buddy like we'll we'll make it work
1: and i could be in montreal mid june even before the stanley cup final so maybe we can Ooh. figure out something uh yes, if it indeed happens so uh, lots of opportunity and some uh viewing that i still owe the zone time crew and i will come i will come correct with the review once we all get back together in a couple weeks time but until then uh it's big games than the NHL in the Stanley cup playoffs. Uh, and you guys will have that down and then we'll have it down next weekend uh, because that's what we do. at Yahoo Sports, we cover the NHL. I want to say very, very well, cause that's pumping my own tires and we gave those to Nakushkin. Pump and Price. Your own tires, but, but we do, do it. We're all over it and we'll continue to be all over it through until the end of the season uh, when it's just Bobby Margs and the sunshine for Julian McKenzie. Thank you, buddy, for joining me again. And we'll chat next week. Peace.